Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Good morning, afternoon, evening, middle of the night, wherever you are. Welcome back to With Tamara Gondor. I am your host. That's me, Tamara. Super excited to be here. We've got a lot of great everyday innovators this week to dig into. And today is no exception. It's just a wealth of insights and experiences. And hey, if you're out there listening, do me a favor. Go leave us a review. Here's the thing about reviews. Reviews equal more downloads, which equals more impact. And in my opinion, I think leaving a review is like giving a little bit of a round of applause for these incredible people who are willing to come on and share their story and lift us all up. They're like the rising tides that lift all boats. So let's help them out by giving them reviews as well. Now, today's guest is going to be amazing. I'm so excited to dig into this conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about how he innovates first so you know where he's coming from and so that you can kind of listen for some of the ways that it comes together in his answers and his language. It's always fun to see how when you know a little bit about them ahead of time, how that shows up in this conversation. All right. So Donnie is a risk taker instinctual. That means the risk taker side is all about innovating in the uncomfortable. Risk takers tend to leap while other people stay on the ledge, but in that leaping space is actually where they innovate. And then the instinctual side is about circuitous. So it's a more gut reaction. It's like, while most of us think A to B to C to D, like logical, instinctuals tend to be A to X over to Y back to A, then let's add a two in there as well. But here's the thing about that. It's a more circuitous path. What instinctuals tend to do the way they innovate is connecting dots we see as random and actually turning them into insights and patterns. So they tend to see trends, patterns, insights, before the rest of us. That's how they innovate, is connecting those dots. So the magic in that combination and risk-taker instinctual is that it brings bold, connective innovation to the table. So with that, let's welcome our bold, connective guest, Donnie. Welcome to the show. Tell the world who you are and what you do. Hey, girl. Thanks for having me on here. I'm excited to hang out with you. That's a cool way to start start off. I haven't seen that. So well done. Well done. So Donnie Bovine, CEO and founder of the Success Champion family of companies. We have six companies all together with our favorite one being Success Champion Networking, where we changed how the world networks. Uh, we launched in March of 20, that particular company. And I've grown to over 50 chapters across the U.S., in Canada, and getting ready to be in Belfast, Ireland. We're the fastest networking organization on the planet, and we are doing all kinds of fun things. We have the Badass Business Summit. We have just a lot of cool things that we are doing to help your small mid-market companies to actually be able to go out and grow and scale their businesses. So let me ask you a question. Because when I hear networking, I could take it a lot of different <laughs> ways. So, and, and a lot of emotional baggage comes I, up actually with, with networking I as well. I'm loving this question already. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about why networking and what you want with your company for people to get out of it. And I'm just, I'm curious because I think that sometimes uh, when we're trying to build an idea or launch a, a business, um, the mistake that we make 
for a lot of us is we do what everybody else is doing. And I think you have a little bit of a different approach to it. So I want to kind of understand that a little bit before I get to my other questions. For sure. So I never wanted to be a networking group company. I didn't want to be associated with networking because I have a real belief that people that go out and teach networking, like that's their living, are just broke people that can't sell. And... (laughs) So, so um, prior to launching, you know, my companies, I did a lot of networking in my local market, Fort Worth, Texas, and you know, all those organizations have a purpose; they serve a place, but they just weren't successful for what I needed them to be. So, when I launched my company, I'm like, "Cool, I'm never going back to networking. I'm not going to be associated with that world." Um, so. When the pandemic hit, we had rented out a convention center. We're going to do this huge summit called the Badass Business Summit. And of course, we couldn't because pandemic hit. We had to come up with a solution where we could help as many small businesses as we possibly could stay in business. And I came up with the idea of doing networking groups, but I totally didn't want to do it. I sent it off to my team and said, hey, what do you guys think about this? I really don't want to do this, but it is a real solution for people. And they're like, okay, I think we're going to do it. And they started game plan. Well, I sat with my wife over a cup of coffee and I'm telling him like, babe, I do not want to do this. This is not where I want to be. I don't want to be associated with those type of people. And she looked at me and she goes, you're an idiot. I said, why am I an idiot? She goes, why don't you become the guy that fixes what everybody hates about networking? Why don't you be the guy that actually changes how the world networks? And I went, crap. Seven days later, we launched the groups. And so we, we do the opposite of what most people think as traditional networking. And we change it all up because traditional networking, right? It says, y'all show up at a place, you spend 35, 40 minutes doing stupid 60 second commercials with dumb jingles on the end. Then some idiot gets up and does a 10 minute presentation about the guy who founded the company back in the 1910s. And then you, you know, fabricate a whole bunch of referrals and that's your traditional networking. So we changed it up, put it more as a peer group strategy with high-end referrals. We don't allow network marketing. We run different styles of meeting. It's all virtual, so you can do it anywhere in the world. And we brought in so much training and education. So because nobody's teaching these small business owners actually how to grow and then scale their business. So we just fixed up all the things that people didn't like. So there's a few things in there I just want to pause on and highlight because I think they're so important. One is, um, I love your wife. One is, she said, right, why don't you fix what everybody hates about networking? And I think that, I love that because I think in a lot of industries, whatever industry someone's at sales, networking, innovation is like that, right? Like everybody thinks it's lofty and big and it doesn't have, like we're trying to change that about innovation. Um, But I love that because I think there's so much room for opportunity in those spaces of like, the thing that you run away from the most could be the thing that you fix and make the biggest impact. And that's kind of what you're doing. I think that's really cool. Um, I think you probably got a lot of these, but I'm curious, what's a recent win or something that you're really proud of? So there was a a young lady out of our Boston chapter, uh, Sabrina. And when she joined the group, she was working for a company full-time in an HR perspective, but they were also a client. So she was trying to get her business really off the ground um, on her own, but could not make the leap because she didn't have enough time to actually go out and find a whole bunch of new clients. So she came to SCN, Success Champions Networking, and she joined the Boston chapter, you know, trying to find a way. Within 30 days, she quit the big the job. She's got her companies just rocking because in our world, you don't do that stupid give to gain crap. You literally open doors for other people because it's the right thing to do. 
And when you people go to our chapters, you know, we're huge on introductions, almost more than referrals, because if I can make the right introduction, that can open up a whole world to you. And so for her, the biggest thing is now she's running a full HR company now as multitude of clients, everything all on the back of what she did inside of SEN. And we've got a ton of stories like that. I love that. And I love the difference between open door and referral. I want to dig into something, um, you know, we had just hinted at at the beginning about, and you laughed at it kind of nodding about emo- like baggage that comes along when you say networking. Why do you think networking, meeting new people, going out is so challenging? And I'll just tell you, I mean, I, if it were up to me, I'd, I'd never do it. Um, and I'm not even an introvert. That's the funny part. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, I, I'm chatty, but I right? just like, it brings up every fear and insecurity I have about myself. Well, I, I think a lot of it has to be do with what people are trying to accomplish. If people are networking to 100% be their sales, they're going to lose it every time, right? Networking is not meant to be your end tool to grow your business. It is supposed to be one tool in your overall arsenal of growing and finding new people. But you better be out selling. You better be out be a part of your community. You better be doing all the things and let networking be part of it. Because if you're not bringing ba- value back to wherever you're networking, your groups, you know, your nonprofits, the things you're, you're spending time with, if you're not bringing value back, nobody's going to bring you value. Nobody's going to open doors because they know that you're just a taker. And I think people really need to wrap their head around of when they're networking. Like CEOs go to breakfast, middle management goes to lunch, and your salespeople go to after hours. So if you're spending all your time in after hours, it's just a whole bunch of idiots sitting around trying to sell each other, right? So you have to really flip the script on where you're spending your time. And I think that most people, they're like, well, there's a whole bunch of people are getting together at this local bar. I'm, I'm, I got to go show face. Well, go look at the caliber of the people there. They're probably decent people. But are they using that event to do nothing but try and grow their business? Or are they looking at that event going, who are the people here I could actually help? And I think you're going to find that most people are going there to take versus give. So it's so interesting to me because it just reminded me of, I just had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with someone where I was saying, you know, I prefer to network, meet new people, connect, whatever it is during the business day. Cause to me it's work, right? Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I love work. I, I mean that like it's, it's work. So for me, after hours is family and my kids and like all that. And I, I think what you just said about breakfast, lunch, and dinner kind of puts it all into perspective of why I've always struggled with the after hours stuff, because that's not my, actually not where I belong. And what a great insight to think of, not just should you do it, but when and where should you do it? in a way that actually works for you too. And I'd never, thank you for that. Cause I'd never really wrapped my head around why there was such a disconnect between how I thought it, I wanted to do it and how it was set up around me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause at the after hours, it's all the salespeople yeah. that are lying to their company saying we're networking when really they're just going to get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also awkward. I'm not even a drinker. So I'm always like club soda. Right. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you this. What's the story of a time where you did something differently, innovative to kind of, and grow your business or get results. You know, so so the we do it all the time. You know, one of the craziest things that we did early on in the business is we launched a Facebook group of all things. And launching a Facebook group has had so many amazing wins for us that we just weren't expecting. And truthfully, I, I started the group because I wanted to be around other 
peers, other business owners and have some more business conversations. LinkedIn groups were broken and nobody used them. So I hadn't, didn't know where else to go. But by starting that group, I thought I was creating peer conversations. And what I found is more people wanted my knowledge. They wanted my sales background. They wanted you know, to talk about how I was building my business and the structure. And we can 100% say all six of our companies came from that Facebook group. Because they kept saying, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And we just kept listening. And when enough people said, hey, you know, can you do this idea? We launched it. Like the Badass Business Summit is 100% came from two different lives I did in the group. And people are like, we really just want to get everybody together and have an event where you teach everything you've done. And I went, crap, let's do that. You so know? here's what's so interesting about what you, the story you just shared that I, I really want with certain to take away uh, among whatever they're taking away from it as well, which is, you know, you started the Facebook group with one intention. So first, first of all, I think sometimes the best innovation, their best thing that works for you could be something that's already right in front of you. You're just not leveraging yet. So like Facebook has been there for like 15 years now. Right. So it's not like that a Facebook well, group is new. You you said about networking for me. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've done that. So it's the same idea. Right, right. 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 But you do it differently. But here's the other thing I think that's really cool about that story is uh, you started with the intention of conversation and then ended up morphing into something else because you listened to the people around you, the people who are in the group and what they need and what they wanted. I think all too often, and whether that is a, an idea that we're trying to sell to our leadership, our team, or out in the marketplace or to other like potential clients, we get so set in stone with this is what we're using it for. And then we're like, wait, wait, no, Donnie's not using it right. I said that I wanted this group to be about conversation as opposed to being like, oh, that's interesting. Donnie's using this group differently than I intended it. Wait, all these people, not all, but like there's a group, right? Let's pay attention to what people actually want and need from us. And I think there's so much power in that, but we often don't do that. And actually, I'm just gonna loop it back for a second and say that kind of feels like how you're approaching networking too, of like, listen to what the people on the other side want and need. Yeah. So we have a rule and can I cuss on your podcast? I didn't even ask yeah, you yeah. before that. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. We have a, uh, a, so we have the champion's code, right? This is what we run our company by. And one of our champion's codes is literally go break shit. And so we are huge on if there is no chaos in your role and everything is hunky dory, then you've gotten safe and you've gotten comfortable. We can't grow inside of comfort. So we, we have a meeting where everybody has to come back and literally tell us, what broke this week? And it's, it's an interesting conversation because it keeps people from staying in the mundane and trying new things. I mean, we've got several bad companies that we've launched and, and, and dumb ideas that we tried to go after, but it's because we're, we're, it's not about the failure. It's about going breaking things on purpose to see how we can use it moving forward. And a lot of those things we broke, we've you know, applied to other businesses. So it's the same thing you know, when we launch the networking chapters is let's start and then let's refine along the way by what works and what doesn't work. And where we started with the original group and where we are now are almost two different organizations, you know, just because we broke a lot of things. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on With Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments 
is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition. And I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy's CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. Don't you find that you have to break stuff to figure out the right stuff. But I don't know that I've met anyone who has put something out into the world in any way, um, whether that's, again, an internal system change or, or an idea in the marketplace that it's worked out of the gate 100%. It's exactly as they intended yeah. it on the- on paper. Yeah, no. And I can tell you, most of them will change. If, if people were honest, they'll change with like 24 hours because every great plan is probably worthless once shit launches, right? So, so I have a couple people on my team that are the, the stream overthinkers, great people, but they always want to try and think and plan and strategize and all this. And I'm like, guys, fucking launch it. Let's go. And it drives them bonkers because now they, they don't have the systems and processes to, to do things along the way. So, and people kept telling me, Donnie, you've got to find ways that you can teach us to do exactly what you want. So I had to come up with an acronym. So I, an acronym that I, we run is called ADD, which is funny because I have ADHD, which helps. Um, but ADD stands for Action Document Delegate. So I take the action, I quickly document it, and I give it to somebody else to create the process. And by doing that, it allows us to move very, very fast because then they take the action on mine, they perfect and document that process, then they pass it on to the next person. And that's how we create our overall system and are able to duplicate so we can actually scale the business. And it's worked tremendously for us. So I'm a risk taker experiential, which means I'm all about action, emotion and leaving, right? So, so I get it, right? So you, you and I have risk taker in common. My team, several people on my team are collaborative inquisitives and inquisitive is all about digging, asking questions, challenging stuff, but they, they like to dig, 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 dig. And collaboratives likes to gather, gather, gather. And we actually make a great team because I always start things and I got to get started to even know what I want. So I have to start and then they take it to the finish line, but they know 
they, we figure out how to leverage each other because they know I'm never going to write the whole document first. I'm just going to take the first step and then be like, here's your shit show, <laughs> figure it out from here. But it works, right? It works for us. And I think that that's kind of what you articulated was, I mean, that really is the best teamwork possible. Like if you had more risk taker instinctual or people who are all about like, let's just get going, nothing would get to the finish line. Either. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The, the smartest thing I ever did was hire my arch nemesis. What I mean by that is, a lot of people as they're building their businesses, they're growing, they're scaling, they're, they're, they're in this thought process. If I had another one of me, right, which, which is the dumbest thing in the world. So I hired Kevin Snow, who's now my chief operations officer, partner in the company, and he is 1 billion percent the opposite of me. You know, he's facts figure, tactician, you know, policy, procedure, plan driven. So because he's so good at what he does, I'm able to go out and do what I like doing. You know, so I can do this. I can go get interviewed on podcast. I can go, you know, network in the higher levels. I can, you know, do all the crazy stuff, get done stage and all those kind of things. He makes everything work. Yeah, I love that. I, I think it's such great advice. If you're out there listening, whoever's on your team, like those people who annoy you the most are probably the ones you need the most. Yeah, absolutely. You just have well to said. figure, you just have to like switch your mindset on how, who they are and what value they bring to you. Because I think we let that friction get in the way. Um, speaking of friction, I'm going to go to obstacles. What's a challenge that you faced? And how have you overcome it? So I'm because I move so fast, I'm I'm really quick about making universal company decisions. Like, okay, we're going this direction. Um, a couple of times, the 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 biggest one is when I changed up the membership of who could be a part of the networking groups. And then we said it, we're gonna do it, we wrote policies to make that happen, and then we rolled it out. Holy hell in a handbasket, did it explode? We should have went to all of our chapter presidents, said, Hey, this is our idea. But me being me, I'm like, fuck it, let's just go that direction. And dude, uh, it blew up catastrophically. Um, we lost a few of our chapters over it. I mean, it was, it, and so Kevin put in a champion's code that says, We cannot make a universal company decision. Unless we have most of the team buy-in on it to help slow me down. Doesn't mean I still don't break that rule all the time, right? But I'm doing more things that don't affect the overall end-to-user experience. That's where I have to slow down. But you know, Donnie, I, first of all, thank you for sharing that because I think it's hard to admit, like, I thought this was totally right and it turns out it was totally oh, yeah, wrong. It was bad. <laughs> but yeah, that no, didn't go so well. And that's happened to me multiple times. So I totally get it. But but I'd say too, there there's a value... The, Insight in there, I've taken away at least oftentimes in hearing you talk about it, is we often think we have all the answers and we're right. And from our perspective, it seems right for whatever reason, whoever we are. And we really do need to make sure that we're looking at the other stakeholders and people that need buy-in. And if nothing else, to understand, maybe you would have been right, like who knows, but to understand their perspective before we start, we kind of make those decisions because we just don't have the full picture. We can't. But we sometimes forget that because it's easy to get, you know, lost well, in our opinions. For sure. And, and, you know, oftentimes we don't take into account, you know, their personalities, you know, how they function, their roles in life. So, so, so that plays into it as well. And, you know, this is why, you know, if you have a team, it needs to be diverse and by personality for sure. So, so that you can, in some instances, slow people like us down and the other instances help them people move faster. Yeah, it goes both yeah. ways. For sure, it goes both ways. I think, um, I think people who are and imaginatives too. Um, they, you know, people who tend to leap 
forward are a great balance to people who tend to get a little bit stuck in analysis um, because it helps move them, right? It helps keep them from getting stuck and vice versa. To your point, they help us from like, woo, no parachute. Oh, I forgot about that, right? They help like <laughs> figure that out. Um, no. For you, because you innovate every single day, I mean, your business is thriving and you guys, have, like you said, you break stuff, which is awesome. Like what that's like innovation right there. What does it mean to you to be an everyday innovator? On one hand, it is an absolute joy ride. On the other hand, some days you're like, dude, just turn off. You know, so I have a full working farm on top of all the companies and everything. So, so um, that's, that's my way to escape. Now, I'm often working as hard on the farm as I do on the companies, but it's, it's fun to constantly look for better, faster, stronger, you know, and different ways to do things. You know, um, I, I'm a firm believer in hiring lazy people because lazy people figure out how to do things faster, quicker, and better because they don't want to spend that much time doing it. So, um, uh, you know, I don't want to tell on my team that they're all lazy people, but you know, it, it does work really, really well. And so, so it is fun to test, try, taste, see what is out there and explore the different things. But sometimes it does get exhausting. You know, because you're constantly in this mode of what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. So, um, and sometimes that what's next does get you in trouble because you don't spend enough time back on some of the other things that are working really, really, really well and pouring into those things to make sure they, they, they skyrocket. So, um, I have to put accountability measures in place with my team. Um, you know, there's definitely somebody at the helm of each one of the companies, but, um, I, you know, use them as my accountability, which was one of the greatest pieces of advice somebody ever gave me is it's not your job to hold your staff accountable. It's your staff's job to hold you accountable. And that was a beautiful piece of advice for me that allowed me to able to ramp up at my speed, but them to keep me in check as we ran. Hey, and let me ask you a question because you said something that I think is really important to dig into. Um, and maybe this is a little bit of personal therapy on my part, but I definitely, I'm a risk taker as well. So I definitely struggle with um, leveraging what's working versus looking at what's next. I'm always about like, you know, to me, innovation can be something as little as figuring out how to manage my schedule in a more innovative way to like that big breakthrough, right? It's all of it. I'm, I'm curious. And then come on to question is because you get bored. Mm. Cause that's what happens to me. I get bored in, in the same. Yeah, things over so and over repetition again. is like painful for me. Yeah. Um, in, in every yeah, part of my life. Absolutely. And, um, yep. yeah. And I'm ex- and like, what's next and Ener- like, innovate, like the idea of leaping while it's pressure and it's uncomfortable is actually very energizing to me. Um, managing yes. things that are working. Yes. Isn't now, if I flipped my mindset and said, Hey, if I can figure out how to strengthen what's working, right. And keep improving it, maybe I'd get, I'd get better at it. But I, I guess I just wanted to ask your opinion, like how you, balance those two things. Cause even if I think if you're not like us in the sense of like almost loving a little too much, what's next. Um, I think most people in today's world would say, I have a hard time balancing what I need to do to keep the ship going forward and innovating to make sure that I'm opening up new channels for myself. Yeah. For me, the, the biggest struggle is, is patience. You know, sometimes I just won't let it play out and because I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So, so um, we, we did this really cool thing inside the company as a whole. It's called our line of effort and it comes from the military and my COO is still in the national guard, which is really cool. So he brings a lot of his military training. I'm a former Marine as well. So we talk military a lot, but, um, 
we did this thing called line of effort where we mapped out the year and what was going to happen when and what were the objectives, what do we need to accomplish and what do we need to do in that. And in doing that, it forces me to slow down, but leaves enough room that I could continue to go play in the, in the sandbox I want to play in. And my team, their fa- their two favorite things my team loves to tell me. Number one, Donnie, not everybody's built like you. <laughs> and number two, that's on the calendar. We're doing that you know, fourth quarter or X, because there's oftentimes I get this idea that I'm like, okay, let's do that now. And because I'm always doing so many things, I don't always remember what we planned out. I'm like, why don't we do this? And they're like, we already are. It's We're doing that fourth quarter, right? So um, I think having this kind of attack strategy of when things will roll out, when we'll do things allows me to stay in my lanes that I need to stay in. Um, and the team has learned to not let me get repetitious with with meetings. So they're they're constantly changing up what meetings we're having and what days because I'm quicker on my feet than being prepared. So so if we're going to do an operations meeting, they won't tell me what we're discussing beforehand. We'll get to the meeting and then they'll just throw it at me because I can go like this really quick. And well, Thanks. Right. Risk takers innovate best under pressure. We yes. need the pressure. In fact, we'll create it if it doesn't exist. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not true for other ones. And that's okay. Like that's great for other ones, but for us, we actually need it. Um, that's it. That's interesting. I, and I think that there's a, yeah, there's, I just think there's so much value in understanding of that about yourself, but I do think it's a fine balance for a lot of people. And for me, obviously around like, Hey, let's make sure that you know, these things that are really working that we really leverage those and keep those going, but keep our eye on what's next as well. Cause you need both, right? Don't you think like you need a you, yeah, you for can't sure. have all one or all the other. Well, but that's why we have the go break ship policy because, um, and, and literally, and I don't know if we stole it from Google and their idea of their 10% screw things up or not, but um, it's that same type of concept of, of let's go try something new. And I just want people to continually to explore, how do we do this better? How do we do this right? And because if we, if you think you've got it right, that's when shit's really going to go south. (laughs) So Right. So, so if you're constantly looking at how can we improve it, how can we, do, or could we do it a different way, then, then that's where you're allowed to innovate. And I love how you're explaining innovation is the small things as well, because I always had it wrapped around the big moves. So I really like the, the idea of innovating. We've, that's what we've been doing it, just haven't labeled it as that. So um, here. Can I give you a definition that we love to use? So it's one we curated that we use with all our clients that's helped them drive innovation in a way that's really meaningful. So it doesn't have to be the big blue skies. It doesn't have to be the like, oh, we, you know, disrupted the entire industry. It could simply be like how we communicate as a team. So our definition is think differently about what's right in front of you to create an advantage because that could be anything. But, But the reality is, right, like you have resources, time, people, opportunities, challenges, constraints that you have to deal with. But if you can rearrange those a little bit, you can actually create incredible innovation. Again, maybe that's just how you decide to use sticky notes. Like it can be anything, right. but all that little stuff adds up. Well, and, and I think the overall thought process and where we always try and do it is I don't want somebody to look at anything and be like, this is my baby, right? I, I don't want them to take complete and total ownership of it. Um, and I learned this even growing up working for other people because um, I didn't start a business till I was 40. So so 
you know, all those years I got to watch other people. And I learned along the way that if you're the only person that can do the job, you're unpromotable. You know, so when I launched the companies, one of the things that I wanted to make sure is nobody took complete ownership over one thing. You know, so all of my team plays in all six companies and doing different things in different capacities. Now, they may still be in a marketing lane or they may still be in an operations lane, but they're going to be taking on a different task inside that company. And it's fascinating because what they learn from one company, they bring back to the other companies. It's actually makes them stronger at their jobs by spending that time across for sure. How, how do you, I'm curious, how do you, cause you're doing so much, how do you stay innovative on a daily basis? Or just keep your eyes open to your point about like for what things to break or kind of how to like, make sure like to your point that when you think everything's right, <laughs> your eyes still there. Yeah. So for us, uh, and, and maybe it's part of my ADHD, but, but we set focus meetings to discuss the different lanes of the companies. And, and so what it allows us to do is we never have a company meeting on the same day of another company meeting. So, so we'll talk about one business on one day, one business on another day, and one business on another. And what that allows me to do, and every one of those meetings is really kind of a surprise for me which I really love. Um, so they'll bring things to the table. So it allows me to quickly go, okay, I see where the hole is there. Let's fix that. Um, let's do this. Ooh, that's a good idea. Let's try this and go that direction. I'm constantly able to change gears and, and go. And so it's almost, and I'm speaking right out of my ass right now, but it's almost like a siloed thinking um, because if I can get focused in one area, then I can think about what's coming up and what's next. The other side of all that is I use social media as my journal. So like on LinkedIn, every day I put out a story, just or write a story of something I'm learning. And it's been a fascinating experience for me because one, I'm getting more and more people to see my brand, my message and everything. But two, it allows me to get the thoughts out of my head. And I can't tell you how many things we've launched because I wrote something and went, shit, that's the thing we've been looking for. Yeah. You know, and, and then brought that back to the team. I'm like, okay, let's go with this direction. And so it's been a fascinating experience. That's it's, funny. Sometimes I do that in podcasts. I'll say something and then in my head, I'm all, Oh, don't forget that tomorrow. That was really <laughs> right, good. <write> it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't forget that. Um, I, I love that, but I also love the meeting days and I would encourage everybody out there to really think about how you can apply something like that in your world. Because also, right, correct me if I'm wrong, Donnie, but it allows you to get focused in the time you need to be focused, but then also pepper that learning across everything because you are, you're storing that knowledge from that meeting in that lane and actually able to apply that lane to the other lanes when appropriate. Yeah, quite often we'll be in one meeting and somebody will say, hey, over here, we did this. I wonder if that'll work here. And yeah, it's a really cool place to, to to run between the companies. In. Well, and I think in a lot of companies, one of their biggest challenges, they're so siloed, they don't see all the best practices, the hotspots of innovation right in front of them. They're just happening in a different office. That's all. Yeah. And, and that's the, the thing that I think they're really screwing up. I mean, you should have your teams like finance, operations, marketing, sales, account, you know, all those you know different companies, they should be sitting together talking about the company as a whole. And what usually happens is accounting has a meeting over here, operations has a meeting over here, sales yep. has a meeting over there. And they there, never interact. And they never interact. And it's so dumb because you don't know that you've got some rising 
star talent that's stuck in an accounting desk, bored out of their freaking mind, wanting to do something more. When you bring them all together, you'll see people shine and step up as long as you create a culture where everybody's not trying to stab each other in the back yeah. playing this game of houses bullshit. I really appreciate what you just said. Cause in my head, I was just thinking, Oh, you take the knowledge and best practices and you, you took it to a much more personal level than me, which I loved. You said, you know, you have people, right. Who are untapped potential basically, or maybe they're just really brilliant in a different way. And we're just not using them. Um, and what a great lesson to come out of that. What's one piece of advice that you have for other everyday innovators out there. There's all these different styles out there. You're a risk taker and sensual. There's a million others. Um, what advice do you have for them who are looking to kind of be bold, take these leaps and do the things you've done? Uh, you know, the biggest advice is take a chance on people that you're not sure about. Um, that's, that's a good way. So, so I literally, one of my careers, I was hired out from behind a bar as a bartender to go sell commercial printing. And, you know, I'd had previous sales careers and whatnot, but I was bartending and somebody took a massive chance on me. And, you know, you know, last year, this year, you know, last year marked my four years of running my own company. And I kind of showed the journey of where I came from and where I am now. And the gal who took the risk on me, uh, Jane Miranda, she's like, dude, it's so fun. Watch where you are now, you know, take it. So, that would be the biggest thing is take the risk on people that you're not a hundred percent sure about. Um, but, but stay there. I, I think the other, other thing is if, when I say go break things, if things aren't breaking in your company, you're not, you're not going big enough. I'm not talking about being, let's just celebrate failure. What I'm talking about is this every day, at least try one thing new and, you know, be okay and go into it with the understanding that something is going to break and be excited when it does break because that is a cool learning way to look at and you're fixing to learn a valuable lesson that you're going to be able to apply somewhere else in your business. So the biggest thing, go every day, break at least one thing on purpose. I love it. I love that advice. It's on so many levels, such great advice to end on. So Donna, I'm going to end with, this has been just so full of insights. I'm going to end on one personal question, which I always do. What's one thing we would be surprised to learn about you? Um, everybody always thinks that I'm like this big freaking like alpha male type guy. I'm actually a sweet dude that freaking loves people. Freaking, I, I, you know, I have no problem crying. Freaking, I love hanging out with my wife, watching chick flicks and all that stuff. You know, I'm just a good regular guy. So, but I want to do one quick thing for you. Guys, if you got any value out of this episode whatsoever, one tip, one piece of advice, anything that was helped you out in the least bit, do tomorrow a favor. And share this out with one person. Being a fellow podcast host, freaking, it is a lot of work to build the audiences in these things. Go share this with one person and say, hey, you should go listen to her show. It'll mean everything to her. Oh, you're the best, Donnie. Thank you. That is like, you know what? To me, that was like, I'm just a little bit back to the beginning. What a great example of how to approach networking right oh, there. For sure. Right? For sure. Like, you gave me value for the podcast for my audience. And then you just, you know, requested value back for me. Like, that's awesome. That's how it should be. Absolutely. All I love it. Well, Donnie, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an absolute delight. And I think more than that, really insightful. So I really appreciate you sharing your journey, your wisdom, um, and some really actionable tips for the audience to take away. Oh, my honor. Thanks for having me on, girl. Well done. This has probably been one of the coolest podcasts I've done in a while. So good on you. 
Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listeners, listens bigger impact until next time